0: Hey friend, welcome to Grounded, the vestibular podcast. I'm Dr. Madison Oak, AKA The Vertigo Doctor. I am the vestibular physical therapist who is here to help you with all things dizziness, imbalance, and vertigo. In this podcast, we explore the fascinating world of vestibular disorders. Come with me as we dive into the journey to discover the mysteries of dizziness, the brain, inner ear, and the balance mechanisms that keep us grounded. Whether you've been managing your dizziness for one day or for 25 years, we are going to get real about what it takes to manage dizziness, handle the anxiety cycle, and thrive, not just survive, with your vestibular disorder. First, I want to remind you that this is never medical advice. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only and may or may not be the best fit for you and your personal situation. It shall not be construed as medical advice. The information and education provided here is not intended or implied to supplement or replace professional medical treatment, advice, and or diagnosis. Always check with your own physician, medical professionals, and healthcare team before trying or implementing any information found here. Meet me in your coziest chair while we navigate the highs and lows and the twists and turns of the vestibular universe. Welcome to Grounded. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Grounded. I have with me an awesome guest who is a vestibular warrior and owns not only one, but two companies, which I just found out. Her name is Christy and she's coming to us to talk about returning to work and working for yourself and owning two companies and all the things when it comes to living with a vestibular disorder. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Madison. I'm excited to chat with you today.
0: Awesome, me too. So, I'd love if we could have a brief introduction of you because clearly I thought you only owned one company, and you owned two. <laughs> so, I'd love it if you could tell me a little bit about what you do and how you got here and all the mm. things. Yeah, clearly I'm not good at
1: marketing my other company because nobody it's knows just me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm Christy. I'm born and raised in Toronto. Um, I run a slow fashion brand called Encircled. We make uh, what we call work leisure. It's essentially really comfortable, elevated loungewear for women that they can wear to work. Uh, so I've been doing that for, we just, we're having our 11th year anniversary next week, actually. Um, so I started that business uh, 11 years ago, which was crazy. And I quit my job. So I ran it as a side hustle for a bit and I quit my job almost nine years ago uh, this month. So it's been quite a while I've had that. And then I also have a coaching company under my own name where I help you know new startups in the e-commerce space, primarily purpose-driven mis- uh, and mission-driven businesses who really have a focus on bettering the planet through their product and what they're doing with their culture, at their business. Um, and I do online courses, group coaching, I do some mentoring. Um, I have a podcast as well uh, through that business. So so yeah, so I got a a few things on the go.
0: You got a lot of things. And then (laughs) I met you because I know you started following me, and then I clicked through. I sometimes I'll just like it's kind of like I don't know, I don't click on every person who follows me, but some people I'm like, oh, that's a cool account. And I'll like click on it and I'm like, oh, this is super cool. So I started following you, and I feel like we just kind of were chatting about vestibular disorders. Um, and so I'd also love to know what you have a lot going on. That was a lot of stuff and that's really cool. And congrats on your 11th year anniversary. I also Thank forgot you. to say that my brain is Thank all over the place this morning, but I would love to know kind of your history with a vestibular disorder, just as much as you're comfortable sharing with the crowd and then kind of how that has impacted things since then.
1: Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. So I've never had like balance issues prior to, um, probably June, 2021 was like a big day, a big month for me and a big shift in my life. Um, I've always been a competitive athlete my whole life. I actually just recently got back into playing sports like tennis and soccer and stuff like that, which is great. Um, but I've always had like really great coordination and stuff like that. Um, and basically what happened to me, and there's no kind of evidence behind this other than documentation of vestibular damage, but um, I went to get a routine vaccine Uh, For COVID, and I started to feel really sick afterwards. And I thought maybe I was just coming down with the flu. It was the height of the pandemic. It could have been a number of things. Maybe I had COVID, but I was always very cautious because I do have asthma. So I've always been like pretty COVID cautious. I live in Canada and we did a lot of lockdowns. So there was a lot of isolation and stuff like that. Um, And progressively, I was just feeling like really tired. I was uh, doing typos. Like I noticed I was just like not on my game. And then I ended up moving during that very difficult time. And then I, one day, I was sitting right here at my desk, got up off my chair, um, and immediately felt like the whole room was spinning in a circle. And I felt like dizzy. I felt nauseous. I started like panicking because I like I never felt like that. Like it wasn't like I was going to pass out. It was just like the whole room started moving. Um, so I literally went in, I was like starting to feel sick. So I had some ginger ale, I lay down and then I was like even more disturbed when I was still spinning and I was lying down. Um, so I ended up like doing like, you could at the time do like live chat with, um, like an emergency room. So I did like a live chat with them and they were like, yeah, like maybe come in if you're still feeling sick after an hour or two. And then maybe about an hour later, I started to feel like a little bit better, um, I didn't feel spinny anymore, but I felt off balance and I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I ended up long story short, going to see a number of doctors, which I know is very common in the vestibular warriors journey. Um, uh, most of them telling me I had anxiety. So I had pretty much every test under the sun. Um, I ended up getting a, uh, I've seen a couple of vestibular physiotherapists, which we have in Canada as well. One of them did an assessment and told me she thought I had a heart disorder. Um, So I ended up going back to the doctor to test for that. Didn't have that. Um, Ended up going to an ENT where they did some dizziness testing and didn't really properly communicate the results to me, I would say. They they determined I had damage to my vestibular nerve um, on my right side. Um, And it was like partial damage. And basically they told me, you know, you've got this damage um, Good luck. Like, they didn't tell me what to do. They didn't tell me how you fix it. Um, so, I kind of was lef- left kind of not knowing what to do with it. So, I ended up getting to another ENT who basically said, Yeah, you've got, you know, um, some damage there. You should go through vestibular therapists. So, I found a really great one in Toronto who's, you know, he's known in the field and he's really excellent. And so, I worked with him. And that's when I started to see uh, quite a bit of transformation, I would say. Um, And that was in February, probably like 2022, when I started working with them. And then I eventually got into a really, uh, really well-known specialist at one of the hospitals in Toronto. And he went through the whole vestibular testing again with me just to make sure it wasn't something else. But he was the first person who really medically listened to me and didn't like think my symptoms were fake. Because even the ENTs, I kind of had the feeling that they they were like a little skeptical on what I was telling them. Um, and anyway, so he was able to redo that testing. And at that time, I was actually feeling better, I was starting to feel like a lot better, but he could still see some damage on my vestibular nerve. And what they also determined at the time was that I had developed something called PPPD, which is a little known disorder, <laughs> persistent postural perceptive disorder, I think is what it's called.
0: Persistent Um, postural perceptual dizziness. Yep. You got it.
1: Yes. There (laughs) you go. (laughs) Almost. Um, and basically with that, um, I had a whole different set of symptoms. So I would start to feel dizzy if I was panicking and had anxiety. So my body would get stuck in this cycle where if I was walking in the dark or if I was in a tunnel, something would trigger me and I would start to just spin. Um, so that was, really challenging to deal with. Um, but I ended up getting back into movement and that I think is what kind of started to help me a lot movement, um, therapy, um, grounding exercises, all those things. And I would say today, like I'm about 98 to 99% recovered. Um, I do feel dizzy sometimes if I start to feel anxious or if something triggers me to be off balance, but I consider myself very lucky that I've been able to get to this place because I definitely felt like at points during that journey that I would never get there.
0: Thank you for that overview. It it is a story that I know is going to resonate with so many people because it's not a story that's, although it feels like isolating and frustrating and all the things while it's going, like obviously when you're going through it, especially in the acute phases, it is a story that I hear so, so often of like, I get this weird spinning. I don't really know where it's coming from. I have seen it in like post COVID vaccine. I will say subjectively from what I see, like getting COVID and getting dizzy is oftentimes worse than the vaccine dizziness, but both happen. And I think that like, it's just so common and the gaslighting that you talk about of like, it's just in your head. You're just anxious. Mm -hmm. And then that causes so much more dizziness, which is endlessly frustrating. It's like, No, 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 no. I wasn't really anxious before this. And even if you were anxious before this, like, so it wasn't making you necessarily dizzy before. And yes, panic attacks can theoretically cause triple PD, but I'm waiting until the day they say, like, it's usually from, I mean, they do say it's usually from a vestibular disorder, but Mm -hmm. that time where the doctor gaslights you and says, it's just anxiety, or we can't find anything wrong, or it's in your head, or whatever they say to you, is the time that is spent developing triple pd and it's not your fault like you could not there's nothing that you could have done in that time about it but it is just it's so frustrating and it's so mind boggling to me that people with dizziness like are just not believed but if you talk to most doctors they'll say i really just don't like treating dizziness so like i'm just going to send you on your way it's not really taught in medical school and <laughs> like that's so mm-hmm. frustrating so I'm glad that you're here now. I'm so happy to hear you're 98 to 99%. Most of the time, And we need to remember that there are no cures for these disorders. So, when you feel you when you're feeling really good, remember like if you get extra stressed or if you feel sick or something like that, getting kind of back to the basics and supporting your body and things are going to be what brings you back to that 99% for sure just like you said. Um so you've clearly since you've had your company for 11 years. You have had it before. You had vestibular hypofunction, we'll call it, and triple PD. So how did that affect work? And this is a comment I get all the time. It's like, can I ever go back to work? What does working look like? All these things. And working for yourself is both a blessing and a curse. Speaking from experience, it's the best thing ever and also the worst thing ever. And there are different pros and cons to everything, of course, but we, I would love to know kind of how that changed your working dynamic and what that looked like throughout and how you got back to work.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so I actually never really went off work, <laughs> which is, um, you know, hard as an entrepreneur. Uh, we're in the middle of a very busy time in the business, high growth. Um, I think in 2021, mid 2021, we had 23 employees. So and I was really the only executive on board. So there wasn't a lot of management. Uh, well, there was some senior managers and stuff like that, but really needed to be somebody guiding the business. Um, The one thing that was very triggering for me initially uh, was video actually. So um, Mm -hmm. video calls were very visually triggering for me and spending too much time on devices and computers. So I definitely had to cut back my hours um, and I had to tell my team that I can't be on video right now. And I actually did explain why um, at one point, because I felt like they would probably be like, why is she like this? Um, So I explained to them a little bit about what I was dealing with and all that kind of stuff. So I did reduce my hours. I did take a few days off here and there more so than I would if I was feeling really off. Um, But I didn't actually stop working. (laughs) So I know that sounds really bad. And I have in my other business too, like I had open contracts where, you know, sometimes I do mentoring and other business coaches programs and stuff like that. And I had to tell them, you know, I'm not feeling very well. And I don't know when this is going to get better. Um, Can I reduce my hours or cut schedules? And they were always really flexible with me, which was nice. Um, But I never actually left work officially.
0: I think that's, I mean, there's no wrong way to go about it, but I do find like having some form of schedule, especially if you could make that schedule, is really, really, really beneficial, especially at the beginning stages. Because then if you have something you absolutely have to do today, whether it's for five minutes or for eight hours, that kind of schedule can help your brain stay in a routine, which Mm -hmm. your brain really loves a routine. So if you're kind of like flailing and being like, I don't know what to do today. I find that's actually more difficult when it comes to being dizzy. So that is great. Mm -hmm. And then how long did it take you? I'm not sure I got your exact timeline from like Mm -hmm. the day this happened to like kind of where you are now.
1: Um, I think it was about a year, um, in totality. So probably like around May, 2022 ish, April, May, where I started to feel a lot better. So it didn't in like July, June, July, 2021. So it's about a year. Um, and it was definitely varying degrees like vestibular neuritis obviously is like an acute injury to the nerve, um, which does heal over time. And I think at one point it just like switched to PPPD and I just was not perceptive of what was happening because doctors were not telling me what could possibly be the cause um, but I definitely had some moments where I was so dizzy, um, that I couldn't walk, you know, and I remember the interesting thing that was very confusing to me. And I'm sure as somebody who does vestibular fit, it's like probably very interesting is that like, you can see I have a treadmill behind me and I'm really into fitness. So I used to run on my treadmill and I would be totally fine. I would feel great. And then if I walk my dog around the block, I would be so dizzy that I sometimes need to like hold on to a friend. Um, So, and I, I understand why that happens and I know you do, but um, it was very confusing along with like the medical gaslighting and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's almost a full year where I was like somewhat, I would say acutely impacted by it. But like you said, it is, it is something that's probably going to be with me forever. And I just have to learn how to kind of manage it as best as I can.
0: Definitely. And that experience with the treadmill is so common. And some people are like, I feel so horrible on the treadmill, but I can run outside. And some people say, I can't even walk outside, but I can run on the treadmill. And there's lots of reasons for that, that we don't have to go into today. But no matter where you are on that spectrum, know that you're not alone and it is normal. Like there's no, there are some abnormal like red flaggy things in vestibular disorders. But like, if you're experiencing something, I guarantee you, Someone in my clinic, in group, or has DM'd me before and told me that. I feel like I have heard most things by, by this time. But it, it really is a strange thing when you're like, I have to hold on to someone outside. Also, you have an adorable dog.
1: No, thank you. <laughs> really cute. No, she just said her birthday. This
0: week. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. She's adorable. Um, you. So you said at the end there, you're like, I just have to learn to manage it. And I would love to know for you what that looks like, because of course, this looks different for everyone. What does it look Mm -hmm. like for you?
1: Yeah, I would say one, um, one thing that happened throughout having this and probably a consequence of um, just the process of discovering what was actually wrong with me, because obviously going through all that testing, and then also having like an MRI, because they need to check for like a brain tumor and a CAT scan, all these things. um, You know, I developed definitely health anxiety, and I've always been a more hypochondriac type of person. I think the pandemic sent me into a bit of overdrive because I'm like that girl on the plane with like Lysol, like spraying down the seat. <laughs> like, so as soon as like you could get hand sanitizer, I was like panic. Um, for sure. Like there was like a bit of a trigger from that, but I think the vestibular disorder really triggered my health anxiety specifically because of just like the, the inability of the medical system to give me an answer. So it made me feel like I needed to be more proactive in my health, which is not a bad thing to a limit of moderation. And I think it pushed me over that limit. Um, So I would say like, in terms of management, there's like a couple portions of it definitely managing my anxiety is one of them for sure. Um, I noticed that I'm very visually dependent still, that's still something that throughout the testing I had done, um, I guess, a year ago, they noticed that I was still kind of dependent on that. So I do still practice, like I'll sometimes like stand on um, my dog's bed, actually, because it's like a, uh, like a soft thing, and it, it wiggles a bit, and I'll close my eyes. Um, If I'm feeling dizzy, I often just stand still and ground myself, which is actually one of the most helpful tips that my vestibular um, therapist gave me was like, you're probably not actually moving, but you feel dizzy. So like anytime I start to feel like that, I stop, I put my hand on my heart and I take a deep breath and I close my eyes and I'm like 99.9% of the times I'm not moving. So I know that I'm not physically dizzy. My brain is just going. Um, so that's usually the trigger for me to like slow down, um, do a meditation, maybe do some deep breaths, um, and try and really bring my nervous system down because I realized that that is a big activator. Um, so that's, that's a couple of things, um, I've always been lucky that I've been okay driving and walking in the dark is still a little challenging for me because I'm not great with night vision anyways. So I think visually that creates that same stimulation. So I'll sometimes when in the middle of my walk, I'll stop with my dog and I'll just like stop and close my eyes. I'm sure the people in the city of Toronto are like, what is she doing? Uh, and breathe. Like, I'll just be like, calm down. It's fine. Um, but but yeah, those are the kind of key tools. And then I think just the general basics, like getting good sleep. Um, I've really started to prioritize that, getting a good eight hours of sleep, um, really limiting my screen time as much as I can being an online entrepreneur, uh, which is difficult, um, nourishing your body with healthy foods, um, supplementation um to help me mainly relax and stay relaxed. And and physical fitness um and movement have been really important to my recovery. Um, one of the Best things I did when I was like still kind of not feeling right was do this uh, workout called the class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But I know Tarantini. that class, yeah,
0: uh-huh. yeah,
1: and it's kind of crazy, but they do a lot of bouncing and like movement and like screaming, <laughs> and it's like very cathartic. So I found that also very helpful for me during my
0: recovery. I think those are great tips. You really truly hit the nail on the head. Like you need to move your body, you need to eat well, and you need to sleep. I think that sleep is the best tool that we have besides strengthening your muscles for just like general health. Like I keep mentioning this book outlive by Peter Attia, which focuses on increasing your health span to match your lifespan. It's a really interesting concept and, um, makes a lot of sense, but he's always talking about like sleep, 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 and strengthening your body. And you really have hit the nail on the head there. And I also want to point out something you said, which is of the time, I am not moving. And sometimes I get people, and I'll see them on telehealth or I'll see them in person or they'll be in group or wherever, whatever. Like, well, I'm moving a little bit. And your body does move like a small amount. That's normal. It's how you stay upright and not like knock over like a fallen tree. But we also need to remember that like your body is having a mismatch or increasing its sensitivity to how much you're moving and so re-reminding your body hey the amount that i'm moving is actually normal i'm okay here i'm safe and just stopping and i love that you stop in the middle of the city you're just like i'm just <laughs> gonna stop no one cares <laughs> like people might look at you and be like what's she doing but like no one cares if you stop. It's all good. Obviously, get out of the way if you're on the sidewalk. Don't stop in the middle of the street. Don't be unsafe here. Mm-hmm. But if you just like stop in a corner somewhere and be like I'm just going to stand here for a second with my eyes closed, it's really not a big deal. Or even with your eyes open, kind of wherever you're at. And I think that's, I think that's important. I love that you do that. I feel like too many people, are like, uh, people are going to think I'm weird. No one cares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to give up a little bit of that. I think. I think there's a lot of, like, I felt a lot of shame around when I had a vestibular injury specifically because I couldn't figure out why, but also because it's very, like, it's very, um, it's like invisibly visible because it's like an invisible illness in a sense, but then there's visible things that people see and notice Mm -hmm. on you. um, And that can be very, for me, it was very shame inducing because I was like, I don't know why I can't walk in a straight line. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, so that, that was really hard for me. So, but I think through that process now I'm like, who cares? (laughs) Like, whatever, I'm just going to do what's best for me.
0: You know, always, that's great. Everyone should do what's best for them all the time. Well, yeah, most 99% of the time I'm going to go with that statistic. (laughs) Um, okay. So back to working, you took a Mm -hmm. little bit of time where you had reduced hours, Did you just like slowly reintroduce hours to your schedule? Kind of how did that look when you were returning back to work? Because I know a lot of people will go on reduced schedules and be like, how do I, how do I do that? How do I get back? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just being like consciously aware of how you're feeling. Um, So like I would slowly bring my hours up. Like originally, I think I was like, at one point, maybe I was down to like three, four hours a day. So I was trying to do like a half day for like quite a long time. Um, maybe at least two to three weeks. Maybe that's not a long time, but to me, it feels like a long time. Um, And then like, I would slowly creep up my hours and then I like check in with myself and be like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling dizzy? And maybe one day I would be feeling like really great. And then, you know, I would push it even more and then I feel like off. So I was like, okay, that was like too much. I went too far there. I got to pull back. So instead of like just being like, I can't work, um, this is making me dizzy, I like would pull back my hours a bit. Um, So just that like noticing and conscious process of kind of checking in with yourself, I think was really integral to me um, in assessing how many hours I could work. And it was pretty obvious because like I would start to, and again, working on computers can be really hard um, because it's like a lot of visual distraction and stuff like that. Um, but I, I felt like that check-in was like pivotal to just adjust those hours. And then slowly, as I started to feel better and build on that confidence that I could work longer, I would increase my hours. Um, but I've never really gone back fully to like my pre, uh, vestibular issue hours. And that's not necessarily because of my vestibular issue, but just because I don't necessarily black Friday excluded, which is like, I just worked 24 hours and on the weekend um I don't like to work weekends anymore so like I'll do a few hours on Sunday but prior to that um injury I was working like a lot of weekends like almost every weekend
0: and yeah. now I just want to break totally and you should take that break 100% I used to be like that too I used to work all day and all night and all weekend and some health stuff for me too I think is a breaking point for a lot of people where it's like I do need to really cut back on these hours and then you realize that you don't actually need to work as many hours as you think you need to work in mm-hmm. order to get the same exactly. amount done you just get more efficient um yeah. so I'm curious then I know you said like at the time of when this happened you know it was like a big time of growth which is awesome and also frustrating that this happened at that exact moment but Murphy's Law of course it did um, so I would love to know If I know you told your employees and I have a follow up question for this after this, but how if you're like it changed anything between you and your employees, if it was strange or it was just like, this is what's happening and it's going to be okay. Hmm,
1: that's a good question. Um, It was like a bit of a tricky time because that was the largest our company had ever been. Um, And I think maybe not being as present as I needed to impacted employees for sure. Um, Because when the founder or CEO is not there as much, um, it's like people can go off in like a lot of different directions. And then I had noticed at the time, and I can talk about this now because none of those people work for me anymore. Um, (laughs) But there was like these little clicks forming in the company and i wasn't in the office so like i wasn't like aware of like what was going on and that there's like these little side discussions and snarking happening and stuff like that so because i was out of it i had no idea what was going on and that is stuff that i just not stand for like i came from corporate i was in corporate for almost 10, 11 years before I started my business. And I lived that every day and I hated it. And I was like, I'm never going to have a company like that. And then I had a company like that. And then I was like partially incapacitated. So I could, didn't even have the energy to kind of deal with it. Um, so, like a lot of things in the world, it ends up cleaning up itself at some point. Um, so, we ended up having a couple of people leave, a couple of people asked to leave. Um, and we restructured the company. So now I actually have quite a different structure. Um, you know, fast forward, like two years later, we actually have four full-time employees, including myself. We're hiring a fifth right now, but we work with mainly, um, contractors and freelancers. So I have a team of like, I actually don't even know, maybe like 10 agencies, freelancers that I work with. And I've just found that easier for me, um, and better for myself, irregardless of the vestibular issue. It just worked better for me in terms of a management standpoint. Um, the vestibular thing just put a lot more pressure, I think on me and I just didn't have the capacity. And that's what you kind of lose a little bit when your your body goes into that mode where it's like balance is like a core focus of like life. And it's like emergency mode. Like you only have so many like spoons in the day to give. And I didn't have spoons to give to that drama so i definitely think it impacted the business that said our revenue hasn't been impacted but the the structure is different that's a big positive um that's
0: great the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses
0: billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And I, so then my follow-up qu- question to that is, let's say, for argument's sake, you have no vestibular disorder and one of your employees comes to you and says, hey, I have I have this weird dizzy thing and I can't. I can't figure out what it is. And like, I really don't want to do, but I like I, being here is really hard for me. If your employee came and said that to you, you seem like a reasonable person. I don't know you very well, but you seem pretty reasonable. Do you think um, that there's a best way to go about that? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm at work, and like I just can't take it, but I feel like my boss is going to fire me, which is illegal. Um, for having a health issue or something Mm -hmm. like that. So do you have a best way that you think you would like to be approached in that situation?
1: Yeah, um, in Ontario slash Canada, where I am, it's definitely absolutely illegal to fire anybody for medical accommodation. (laughs) So I would never. You too, um, yeah, no. (laughs) And we've had lots of instances in the past, especially during the pandemic where people had um, primarily, I would say, mental health. Uh, challenges and they come to me and they say, I just can't work for XYZ reason. Um, and it's our duty as a co- as an employer to accommodate as best as we can, whether it's reduced hours, uh, reduced schedule, whether it's time off, um, whether it's like some sort of schedule that works better with whatever they're dealing with. Um, we always make that accommodation. And I just, I prefer that employees just approach and just be honest as much as they feel like comfortable sharing. Again, I don't think Uh, employees are under any obligation to share anything super confidential. So um, if they come saying that, you know, I don't feel like I'm at capacity, I don't have the capacity to do my job efficiently right now, it's better to proactively get in front of that than to have the employer notice that something's wrong and then come looking for, is there like a performance issue? So I think the moment you kind of start to feel like it's becoming impactful on your day, I think getting ahead of it is important because otherwise I think we've had, I've had circumstances where, you know, an employee had a mental health challenge and was not disclosing it. And her performance was terrible. And uh, we started to put her on a performance improvement plan and started to think about all these things, like what's wrong with her? Why isn't she doing her job? Like, are we giving her coaching? Like nothing was working. And at the end of the day, there was something we didn't even know about that was going on. So I think we can only be as successful at helping our employees as, as much as they like, have that trusting relationship, and I would say if employees run into a situation where the employer is not receptive, that's not probably a company you want
0: to work for. I completely agree. I think getting ahead of it is so important, and just like you said, you don't need to tell anyone anything you're uncomfortable saying. But just like, hey, something's going on with my health. I'm I'm okay. I'm trying to figure it out. Or even I'm not okay. I'm trying to figure it out. I need time. I need assistance. I need your help in this way. Try and find, especially if you work at a big, big corporation, this is harder, I think. But if you find like the manager you trust or the HR person you trust or just one person who you think can help you out, people want to help you be successful because that honestly looks good on them. Right. And it also is what's best for kind of everyone involved. And they want you to keep your job. And there's in the States, we have like FMLA and we have the ADA and we have all of these programs. And I'm sure Canada probably has something better than we have but I think that it's an important thing to know that that those um that those things exist for you to get help at work because mm-hmm. not working of course is an option but if you don't want that to be your option then there are options for that reduce schedules and Absolutely. things do you think last question I have before a couple of rapid fire questions but do you think that this, would have been different had you worked for someone else versus working for yourself?
1: Uh, Probably. Yeah. My previous career, although my previous career I was in management consulting. Mm -hmm. um, So I lived on a plane, uh, which would have been different during the pandemic probably for sure. Um, But it was a lot of screen time. It was a lot of time in PowerPoints um, conference calls, that kind of stuff as well. So Um, I think it's harder in a larger business to approach the topic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when you're in a smaller business where you know your manager really well, where it's a tighter team, I would assume it's just like a little bit easier to talk to people about things. Mm Um, from my experience working in big corporate um hr i want them to always be your friend but i don't always think they are your
0: friend (laughs) like because hr
1: i i hate to say that no offense hr people but like they have an obligation to Mm -hmm. both the employee and the employer which is Mm -hmm. a very complex balance i would say so but they also like with something like this like they definitely have an obligation um, to accommodate. So I think it's a little bit easier in that sense, but I don't always go to them as like a go-to for things. Um, but I do think like in a corporation, there can be a lot more like fear around like performance and like not doing your job. You're going to get axed. Like there's definitely a lot more fear mongering in my experiences happen. So I think, I think it would be harder to approach that topic. And potentially like if I was still in my previous career, I might've had to go on leave. Um, if I couldn't travel um, in airports and stuff like that, which I definitely could not have done um,
0: at that time. I think that's very fair. And I think that if you have left your job and you're looking for a new job, who's supportive of this, I think that looking for a place with a smaller team, maybe something that doesn't involve like tons of computer time, if that's a trigger for you, which I know is hard these days, but also being like, are there flexible hours? Like, You can ask these questions in the interview process when you're asking about a job. Like I know if you worked for me full time, like you're out, you could work at one in the morning for all I care, as long as you get your work done. So there are just things that you can do to space out your time and different ways to go about things in general when you're looking Mm -hmm. for a new job. And I know some people are super successful when they work at home on a computer for eight hours because they don't have to go into the hospital if they're a nurse, they do like triaging from home and things. So I just know that there's a lot of ways to rethink your career. And there's also ways to go back to the career that you love, if that is the goal as well. Work is an option. You just need the right tools for sure. Okay. I have some, some quick questions for you. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm, sure. What well, what would you tell someone struggling at work with a vestibular disorder?
1: Uh, talk to your boss, uh, or HR, make sure that you get what you need from them to feel supported, um, and adjust your schedule or like you said, any tools that you need to be more successful and honor your health. Awesome. That's
0: great advice. Uh, what accommodations do you give yourself still, or were most helpful? I know we sort of touched on this, but.
1: Um, yeah, definitely, uh, less screen time for sure is one of them, um, and the grounding asthma cannot Mm -hmm. be underestimated for the nervous system. Like even some, I've done some somatic therapy with a specific therapist who deals in like body sensations. Um, And that's been incredibly helpful as well, because that nervous system can just get
0: totally out of whack. And
1: then it's just a trigger for everything
0: else. Totally. I love somatic therapy. I think it's such a great, such a great tool. Okay. And then last one is a personal one what's a goal you have for yourself in Q1 of next year? I guess this will be released in Q1. So what's your goal right now? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Well, I'm finally taking a vacation. I haven't had a vacation since February (laughs) last year. So last year I took my first vacation of the pandemic, but I have another one planned and plus another one in March. So I'm going to New Orleans for a conference. Um, and I'm also going to Dominican with a friend of mine to a wellness retreat. So I'm trying to take a lot more time off in Q1 is my goal. Because Goals. The winters in Toronto are terrible. We have no sunlight as you can see right now for most of the day. So I'm trying to get the maximum
0: vitamin D in Q1. I love that vitamin D forever. All right. Well, thank you so much. Such great advice. So many little, just like things like I'm even taking notes and reminding myself to take more better care of myself at work and things like that. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you and your company? Sure. Plural.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to check out Encircled, that's my clothing brand. We're at encircled.ca or encircled underscore on Instagram. And I'm at christysumer.com or at christysumer on Instagram. And my dog is at Harlow Doodle T-O. He's so cute.
0: She's so cute. (laughs) She's so cute. 10 out of (laughs) 10. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm really excited for this podcast. If you would like to find me on Instagram, give me a follow at the vertigo doctor and the podcast at grounded.vestibular.pod. Remember to rate review and subscribe to our channel. And if you're interested in working with me, try vestibular group fit, the affordable comprehensive program that focuses on movement, mindset, support, and education to take you from feeling frustrated and dizzy to feeling in control of your vestibular disorder. Or we can work together one-on-one in California, Virginia, Maryland, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Wyoming, and Wisconsin. Your success story begins today. Dizziness does not have to be forever. Let's get you the right tools to thrive. I love you and I'll see you next time on Grounded.